Welcome to Research Uncensored, a podcast by Research FDI, your trusted investment attraction and business intelligence partner. Join me, Bruce Tackethman, and my co-host, Amber Hunter, as we bring you behind the scenes with economic development professionals around the world. We're going to find out the real stories behind the project wins and get to know some of the top players in the game today. We would like to thank the Next Move Group for sponsoring today's podcast. Next Move Group helps small to medium-sized companies, communities, and organizations create economic growth through executive searches that assist economic development organizations with hiring quality EDO professionals. They also provide site selection services to manufacturers, in addition to a suite of products designed to help organizations be successful. Welcome to another episode of Research Uncensored. Joined as always by my co-host, Amber Hunter. Hi, Bruce. How are you doing? It's great. We have a great guest today. Dave Leeser from Wichita Falls, Texas is joining us today. Oh, I love when we have people on from the great state of Texas. Uh, Due to the pandemic, I haven't been there in almost 18 months and I can't wait to get back. But uh, David is great. You know, David has a large presence online. He really utilizes LinkedIn and Twitter uh, to promote the brand Wichita Falls. And he's kind of a, you know, a trendsetter. I I would say economic development uh, there's a little still bit of an old school vibe to a lot of the marketing for, you know, kind of the smaller counties. And he's really kind of gone uh, against the curb, so to speak. So I'm excited to get him on and hear what kind of led him to this and, and some of the results he's had. So I think without further ado, let's dial him in. All right, let's welcome our next guest all the way from the great state of Texas. Dave Leeser, welcome to the program. How you doing? Very well, Bruce. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you guys. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. Tell our listeners a little bit about your background in economic development and uh, how you landed in uh, the great state of Texas. Yeah, I've uh, I've been into the business of economic development for almost four decades. Uh, I'm a Midwesterner by trade, and honestly, I've basically done just about everything in economic development. I've worked small towns. I've worked for planning agencies, council of governments. Uh, I worked as a for one small community in Illinois, where I was this kind of a, a city administrator, economic development director, HR director. Um, I really, I, you know, I really got into the hardcore into economic development, working for a utility in Illinois, um, and I also worked for um, micropolitans again, small towns, large cities. You know, I was part, I lived uh, 20 years in the St. Louis metropolitan area, working for the utility in St. Louis County and St. Charles County and the city of St. Charles. And then uh, two years ago, I was given the opportunity to come down here to Wichita Falls in uh, Texas. Uh, Texas, as you know, is is uh, a hot state. And so I became their uh, vice president of business attraction um, uh, two years ago this month. Great. Now, uh, tell our listeners some of the differences you've had, you know, working in different states in the Midwest and Texas. What are some of the key differences uh, in recruiting uh, from state to state? Yeah, that's a great question, because uh, being a native Midwesterner, uh, Illinois and Missouri primarily, uh, they have some great assets. I mean, I, I, I kind of remember you forgive me for telling a story, but I was at a an IEDC conference in New York City, and this was many years ago and and. Uh, a, a congressman from uh, the state of New York talked about their Midwestern work ethic in in New York, and somebody else from California caught up and talked about their Midwest work ethic in New York. So, you know, that was our key that we talked about Midwest work ethic, and so people knew us by that. Uh, the 
the, you know, and I enjoyed my time in Illinois. I enjoyed my time in Missouri very much. So uh, the, the big issue we had to run, run with, uh, especially in, uh, in the Midwest is people kept calling it flyover country. So it was just getting noticed and, you know, you, you would, people wouldn't know about Missouri. Um, they knew more about Illinois, but it was just, you'd say Illinois, they would think um, Chicago, but there was more than just that. Uh, my Illinois experience had nothing to do in Chicago. So, um, but the biggest difference I will tell you um, between Texas and the Midwest, actually, I will tell you the biggest difference between Texas and the other 49 states is that economic development is truly a local game in Texas. Um, you're familiar, we have this 4A, 4B funds that, that, uh, that funds the economic development and the incentives. I think uh, we, and this happens all the time. We talk to prospects, uh, you know, we say, they say, well, we're looking at Texas and we want to talk to the state of Texas about incentives and the state of Texas has some of those, but honestly, um, 90% of the incentives you're going to get is going to come from the local, local communities with the 484B funds. Uh, we have great partnership with Texas, whereas most of the other states, you'll get some incentives from a local community, you know, uh, property tax abatement or something like that. But the biggest incentive, the most valuable incentives will come from statewide. So it's that that concept of the local mentality or whatever. Um, and also, I, I mean, Texas is a well-known brand. Uh, I mean, tex the name Texas just opens doors. David, I think that you're the social media kind of savant of economic development. You know, you really, uh, social media is used a lot in marketing, but not so much in economic development. Um, I, I feel like you're really at the forefront of kind of coming into, into this uh, tool to promote a region. So I was wondering, as a trendsetter and utilizing social media to promote, you know, Wichita Falls brand, can you kind of discuss what led you to utilizing the tool and sort of what your strategy is behind it? So for some of our listeners that might consider it, kind of how you went about it. Uh, yes, and, and thank you very much for the compliment. I don't know if I'm a trendsetter. I, uh, I will say we, we've taken the Clifton uh, Strength Finders uh, tests here and at other places, and they say one of my strengths is ideation. And I, if I may say so, and I hope this doesn't sound conceited, ideation is one of my strong points. I mean, I'm always coming up with ideas. I'm always trying to think and, and, and the like. Um, and I saw the benefit of social media early on. Uh, again, I'm, I'm going to use a, 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 a story, um, but I, I will also tell you that use social media. And if you're going to screw up or if you're going to make a mistake, fall, fall forward. And I remember uh, in the early days of email and the internet, uh, that's how old I am. Um, I remember um, going on and pulling out stories of the area that I was representing. This was you know, back in the Midwest. And I would throw it to all these site consultants and the like, and I would throw them five, six, eight, ten 10 stories a week. And one of them, and I, I won't say her name, I've said this to her many a times and, I, and I've told this story, but it, I, probably won't tell, say her name because I, I, she doesn't know I'm going to tell the story again, but I got an email from a site consultant and she said, this is the seventh story I've gotten from you this week. You are a pain in the neck. Leave me alone. <laughs> and, and, you know, my, and with pride, my first thought was, boy, she just doesn't understand how smart I am and all that. But it, after I got over it a couple of days later, I realized probably she did the best thing for me because if she told me that, how many of these people that I'm sending this to and am I annoying that are just tuning me out and ignoring me and not saying anything to me? 
So that led me to um, creating what was at that time kind of a cutting edge electronic newsletter. And so, and it was kind of funny. I'd go to places and people would go, you're the newsletter guy. I know you. Um, and then in another community, I started doing a, a video on, on, for social media. It was called Monday Morning Minute. And I'd go to places and they'd go, you're the Monday guy. I, I know you. And so it was one of those things that I just was very fortunate. Again, I'm not going to say I'm the smartest guy in the, in, in the world. On I just, I just saw how social media benefited us. Um, and now the use of especially LinkedIn. Um, and I like, I like LinkedIn a lot because uh, you can touch a lot of people with it. You, you, know, you can hit the right people you want. Um, and, you, and they also can become your greatest um, allies, cheerleaders, because they will share your material. Um, and it's a real easy way to, uh, to reach out to it. You got to be very, um, you know, the good thing about LinkedIn is I can post more than doing like I did, you know, a number of years ago where I annoyed somebody. Um, so, uh, but it's, it's just that way of getting, trying to get, you know, in, in our crowded field of economic development. And there's a lot of people out there doing phenomenal work. And we're all kind of saying, hey, pay attention to me. See what I'm doing. See, you know, that was my way of getting attention for um, the organization and what I and like. And I, and I want everybody to hopefully see that what I'm really trying to do is is promote the organization, promote the community that I'm representing. I, I don't want it to be about, hey, look at me, Dave Leeser. It's, hey, look at this group. Hey, look at this site building. Hey, look at this community. Uh, think of us because you know, not to sound morbid, but one of these days I'm not going to be on earth. Hopefully it's many, many decades from now, but this community will still be surviving. So it's more than just me. Uh, so um, I, I just was fortunate enough to see the benefit of, of social media. Um, I, and, I, and I've had a lot of people who said, hey, try this or don't try that or have, have told me, you know, good, bad and ugly. And I don't take offense to any anybody who can help me do a better job. Absolutely. You know, you bring up an interesting point because I really do feel like it's as though you're walking a tightrope. You know, social media, um, you have to be out there, but then there's always going to be people that are, you know, I don't want to say haters, but you're going to have people that, that don't like it or have their own personal opinion, but they're talking about you. They're reaching out to you. So something's going on that's working because you're still top of mind, right? <laughs> so it's that fine line. Exactly. What is it? There was, I think, a politician who says, even when they hate you, they're still talking about you. So that's good. Or exactly. And, you know, I've noted that in social media, sometimes you kind of have to be a little bit shameless. You got to just have, you know, your objective and go with it because it takes a lot of courage, really, to put yourself out there that way. And 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 when you're the face of the marketing. And so I really I admire what you do and I would love to try to do a little bit more. And I see your videos and I think they're so cool. <laughs> but then I, I try to imagine doing myself. I get nervous. So I really commend you. I think it's a courageous thing. Well, and again, thank you very much. But I got to tell you that um, it, it's not about me. It, it's it, the videos I used to do. Uh, that was because of the public relations marketing arm that we had. Um, you know what the marketing that we're doing right now. You know, I'm the instigator of it, but I run it by Katie Britt, our marketing VP, and Travis Haggard, our VP of, of BRE, and Shay Jones, and and uh, who does business. I mean, I run it. You know, it's not just me doing it on my own I, I get i get some really good input from from other people absolutely but, uh, 
Yeah, uh, and and you know what? And uh, I, I, most of the people say nice things to me, and I appreciate that. I really do. Um, but you know, it's the people who who say who go, "Well, can you do this differently?" You know, yeah, they're going to be the haters out there. Okay, fine. But I, you know, if somebody says you're doing this wrong, and maybe you should do it this way. I'm, I may I may not do it, but I appreciate at least their ideas about it. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of branding, specifically Wichita Falls, another campaign that I've noted that you've done, and thank you, I received a mask as well, and so did Bruce. And so I know you're sending it to partners and allies and they're, you know, they're taking photos and putting it on their LinkedIn and their Twitter. Can you talk a little bit about what the thought process was around that great idea? Again, yes, thank you. And um, I've always been, I actually wrote a blog about this, about third party endorsements. Uh, I mean, I'm going to say great things about Wichita Falls because and most people say, yeah, because you work there. And that's true. Yes, I work here, but there's a lot of assets, um, you know, and I can get a local industry to say nice things about us. And people are going to go, well, they're there. But if I can get people like you and Bruce to kind of be my third party uh, endorsements, I wish I could tell you that I had this beautifully planned scheme and going, boy, I've got I've got this great strategy. And it was, again, pure, unadulterated luck. Um, I got a an email one day from D.D. Caldwell at uh, Global Location Strategies um, and because I um, sent her a mask. I, you know, I just kept throwing people masks and she said, you have the best uh, COVID masks in the world. She said, I just love them. And I again, I just had this idea. So I said, would you mind taking a picture and giving it to us so we could post it on social media? And she said, oh, yeah, absolutely. So when she did that, I'm going, uh, you know, what else, you know, who else can I ask? So, again, I asked you and I asked Bruce, Paige Webster. Uh, actually, what was kind of funny is the whole team of GLS about uh, about six months later took a picture of all their masks again. And so it, it gives me more credibility when I when people like you and Bruce and Dee Dee and Paige Webster and uh, you know, are are wearing that masks. Uh, you know, it's it it says something about which alcohol. So again, I, I appreciate you guys doing that. I really do. Well, we appreciate you sending them out. And you know, aside from all the marketing, uh, you know, work you do, it seems like you're also seemingly on the road, either actually on the road pre-pandemic or virtually during campaigns, meeting with multipliers. I would love if you could tell our listeners a bit how you manage your outreach, you know, maybe speak to the reality of the volume of outreach that is actually necessary, you know, throughout a year. That would be a really interesting. Yeah. Um, the, it's kind of interesting because uh, a lot of my friends in the Midwest will, will, when they found out I was down here in Texas, they go, Oh, life's going to be easy for you. You're Texas. All you have to do is answer the phone. And everybody's going to come to you. And what people don't understand is, yes, Texas is a great commodity and it's great to promote it. And I'm, I'm happy to be an active member of Team Texas. But they, what they don't understand is, is that, I, you know, not only do I have competition like Dallas, Fort Worth and San Antonio and Houston and uh, you know, places like that. But I've got other communities that, are, that have the same incentives that I have that are doing just as good as I'm doing, uh, better than I am. You know, that has even some higher rec- name recognition. Um, and they've got some tremendously gifted economic developers in, in, in these communities in Texas. So, you know, it's not so much, it's, you know, my competition is really here in Texas. So with with that in mind, um, you know, it was getting, again, getting through 
the malaise of, of, of everything that's going on and trying to get the Wichita Falls name out there. And I was just trying everything I could. Uh, COVID hit last year and I needed to meet with site consultants badly uh, to get our brand out. And obviously I couldn't go to their offices. So, um, uh, you know, I, I wasn't the first to do the virtual meetings. I think I was one, one of the first ones. I don't want to claim top on that, but um, I was the one using social media, promoting all of our, our virtual site consult meetings. Um, and the reason I did that was, I mean, even before I did COVID, I would go to a site consultant's office and I would have a picture taken and we promote it there. Because first and foremost, everybody likes to be recognized. Everybody likes to be, you know, see that somebody appreciates them. And again, it's that third party recognition. So if you see that I did a, 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 a virtual meeting again with D.D. Caldwell or Mike Mullis or Jake Arner, or, you know, um, uh, you know, or any site, you know, uh, anybody that you want to say, people kind of will take notice of you. And they say, boy, this Wichita Falls has got a good uh, outreach program. And again, it helps those people who I'm dealing with, they will remember me because that's the important thing is getting them to remember me. Uh, so with that in mind, I mean, we did over 50 virtual site visits last year, uh, and that helped me once we were able to start traveling again to go out and to go in their offices because they would remember all of our, I mean, we have a, a virtual spec building and we, again, the masks and the remote worker incentive and all of our different incentives. So that would help do that. And then again, we, the other thing about social media is you can't just, um, once, you know, you just can't stop it. So we go to site selection uh, group, uh, site selection uh, guild, and we take pictures of social media, that economics, we social media, that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's that consistent, uh, you know, I, I, I always call it, uh, my, my strategy is what I call pattern of awareness. And the concept is, Every day, everywhere, somewhere, somehow, I'm going to touch you. I'm going to touch you through an electronic newsletter or through LinkedIn or through uh, a blog or somehow you are going to see the Wichita Falls name in front of you so we can keep front of mind positioning with you. Could you speak to some major adjustments you've been faced with uh, kind of uh, from a leadership standpoint, not just on recruiting, but kind of overall uh, in your organization? Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, first and foremost, getting to to um, understand the Texas economic development culture because it is different. Uh, you know, it, being a Midwesterner, I used to do things in a total different way. It was, I mean, there we do partnerships. We absolutely unequivocally do partnerships in Texas, but there is you're looked upon to be more self reliant, self responsible because of the four A four B funds. So. Getting out there and and, um, and really, you know, they they always say about Midwest nice. I don't know if I'm Midwest nice, but I was trying to. I always try to be Midwest polite. And with Texas, it's you have to you you don't be you know, can't be a jerk about it, but you have to be more aggressive. You have to step out there and and sometimes put your chin out there for somebody to hit. So it uh, and again, my, for me, it was. I don't, I'd be happy to go out there and push it and be aggressive. I just, my biggest concern is I want it to be about the organization, about, it, it can't be about me. It's not about me. Uh, I always, I always try to read a lot of books and um, the purpose driven life that was written years ago by Rick Warren, the very first line in that book, it hit me. He, he said, it's not about you. 
So I try to keep that in mind. Um, it's, uh, again, and I've been fortunate doing mission trips with Samantha Brown and Team Texas. And um, it's, again, understanding how we sell Texas and what, what we do to sell Texas, to promote Texas. Um, and understanding, again, that whole concept of how she does things. And, and Sam does a great job. Uh, and, but, and the other thing is, is that, again, getting COVID in here and, and understanding what Wichita Falls wants and needs uh, for, their, um, for their overall economy. And sometimes you have to adjust that, if, if I may, real quick. I mean, when I first got here, they said, well, we don't want to do food processing because we had a drought years ago and water is a major issue for 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 water well uh, i won't go deep into it but the city fathers of, of wichita falls uh, did a, a major new program where water will never be i won't say never but water is not going to be a problem for us they've got some new issues out there um that uh, are new uh, programs out there and they did some massive infrastructure upgrades that uh, basically means that we can now go after food processing. As a matter of fact, we were in the hunt for two major food processing projects we just fell short on. Um, with that being said, the other quick adaption is we have a business park. It's 535 acres. It's 400 uh, available acres. Uh, it's a good business park. Um, but when we went out there and we were in competition, uh, we realized that our business park was not as good as the others. Uh, and so Again, thanks to the foresight of my boss, Henry Florsham, um, our 4A board, and the mayor of, of Wichita Falls and the public works director, uh, Russell Schreiber, we sat down and we said, you know, we, we can't do this. Um, you know, what, if you need it, we'll build it. I mean, we got to build it before. So we're in the middle of a $10 million upgrade to our business park. So we're making a really uh, a good business park into an, an outstanding business park. And that project will be done by the end of 22. So it's just, again, understanding, I say the culture, but the other thing is understanding what your true assets are and understanding what your true obstacles and weaknesses are and addressing them. No doubt. And uh, I guess, you know, one challenge a lot of communities have had during COVID and filling uh, commercial space is uh, a shift to uh, hybrid models. I see uh, you're on video. I see you're in your office, but a lot of people choose to either work a couple of days from the office, a couple of days at home. It seems like the hybrid model is definitely here to stay as part of society. Um, of course, some of your projects will involve labor, uh, manual labor, and, and not necessarily uh, be uh, a function of a hybrid model. But how has your region responded to the shift in the workforce working sometimes from home, sometimes from the office? Are, are you, are you, tack are you, do you have any programs tackling this head on? And yeah, and thank you. That's a great question because that's, again, we saw an issue early on. Again, it's, it's not just an issue for us. But this, everybody was, because of COVID, everybody, it re, we were moving towards this remote worker, this hybrid worker concept as a nation. But, um, you know, COVID just just sped up a lot of different things. I mean, think about it. How many people were, were um, now, now using Uber Eats and, and all, this, uh, all the other delivery services that they weren't using in January of 2021 uh, or 2020? Um, with us, if I can talk about it, uh, I, I was taking a look around and I saw that remote workers was going to be important, uh, not, not only just to us, but to, to the nation. And, and again, um, ben, ben Franklin once said, originality is the art of concealing your sources. And 
the best thing to do to be successful is take a look at what successful people are doing. And if you can't do exactly what they're doing, maybe modify it. And so, uh, uh, you know, you're seeing, the, the, and I'll, I'll give a shout out to Mike Neal at Tulsa uh, because they have the Tulsa remote uh, and other communities are doing what Tulsa is doing in terms of remote worker. And that is trying to recruit people from the West Coast to move to their area. And I think, and I applaud them, but that type of model wouldn't fit for us. Um, it just, it just didn't think, I don't, we could not compete with Tulsa and something like that. So we took a look around, uh, Wichita Falls is a town of 105,000. And we have a lot of assets here uh, that, um, two of the major assets we have is first and foremost, we have a, a, a university, Midwestern State University. Uh, like everybody else, we wanted to get our, our graduates of Midwestern State to stay in Wichita Falls, not to leave. The other asset we have was or is Shepherd Air Force Base. Um, and we have 4,400 people working there. And many of those times, those people who work at Shepherd, um, you know, their spouse, we call, I call them trailing spouses, you know, because they have to give up their life of where they're at because their, their husband or their wife got transferred to Shepherd. And so now they have to find another job and they may have children at home and, and daycare is expensive. So with utilizing those two um, programs or those two asset bases, we created our own remote worker program where instead of paying somebody to move to Wichita Falls, uh, we basically are going to pay a company to either employ our existing uh, people, our existing residents um, uh, to work remotely in Wichita Falls. Or if there's somebody who says, hey, you know, uh, I've got so-and-so and they're in, you name it, whatever, someplace outside of Wichita Falls, but, you know, they live, they, they're from Wichita Falls or they know about it or I just want to move into Wichita Falls. And yeah, we'll do that too. We'll pay for somebody to move to Wichita Falls and work as a remote worker. So it's, I'm not going to tell you that remote worker will be the end-all be-all for us. It's not. But it's, number one, a way to get recognized. Number two, it's our way to try to address the remote worker, hybrid worker issue that best fits the Wichita Falls model. And, you know, again, it's that way of hopefully people are noticing it and talking about Wichita Falls. Well, thank you, David. I think we really did a, a really well-rounded discussion here. A lot of things for our listeners to walk away with. You know, think about your strategy. Think about promoting the brand of your region. Thinking about, you know, increasing your outreach. Um, and think about incentives and programs for remote workers, because as we've seen, it seems like this is a model albeit perhaps hybrid, that's here to stay for a lot of counties, a lot of states. Um, could you let our listeners know how they could reach you or find you online so they can kind of see some of the great work that you do? Yeah, oh, yes, uh, absolutely. And thank you again. Uh, I, you Again, I'm David Leeser. I'm the Vice President of Business Attraction for the Wichita Falls, Texas Chamber of Commerce. Uh, you can email me at david at wichitafallschamber.com. Uh, our telephone number is 940-723-2741. You can definitely, as, you, as you've as been gracious enough to point out, I, you can reach me, see me on LinkedIn and uh, or reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, and, um, you know, again, uh, and again, I, I, Amber, Bruce, I thank you for allowing me to, be, to do this to promote Wichita Falls. And, and thank you for uh, helping what you've done to uh, be our mask models. Thank you. It's the, first time I, it's the first time I've been a model of anything, so I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you all for tuning in. You can find us on the web at www.researchfdi.com, on LinkedIn, and on Twitter at ResearchFDI. Tune in next week as we have another guest from the economic development world. 